discouraged had I not believed that God is good and his goodness is running after me it's coming towards me verse 14 says wait on the Lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart wait I say on the Lord let's wait in his rest let's wait in his peace and let's have a quiet confidence knowing who you are in Christ and that God is good and he wants good for you. Amen. That's what we're singing about this morning. That's what we're going to stir up in our hearts. So let's begin to sing and speak that over our lives this morning.
Well, amen. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. And we have had a wonderful weekend. <clears throat> and I love that song, and he's my faithful champion. <laughs> There's no lyric like that that I know of in worship music. And uh, I just want to just bask in that today, that he is my faithful champion. Amen. He has overcome everything in my life. He has overcome the world. He has overcome the devil. He has overcome every obstacle. He is, he is an overcomer. And in him, we are more than conquerors. Amen. So he is my faithful champion. How about you today? <clears throat> I am rejoicing over what the Lord has done over the weekend and what he's done in the young people's lives. And... Uh, Again, this is July. This is our month of rest. We've been ministering on rest this week, this month, and I want to continue in on that, at least today, maybe even next week, as we think about and focus on, am I really resting in the Lord in my life? You know, it's so easy to quote, you know, scriptures and have some knowledge of some things and kind of, you know, speak it around a little bit, but it's a different thing to be walking in it. And we are in a restless time in our nation. We are in a restless time. I tell people all the time, even in their driving, people are just so just restless. Amen. I'll just use a nice word for that. You know, people are just, here's another word I'm really thinking, crazy and out of control. And they are just so agitated. Let me tell you what you're watching. You're watching people that are not at rest. Amen. And it comes out in us in many different ways. And so as the people of God, we are the only one who are promised real, true rest. The world can't have the rest. We can't have, the world can't have the peace. Jesus said that. But he said, my peace I leave you and my peace I give you. And I, I stand before you today and I am, I am going to be adamant in my life that I will do everything within my own power, whatever my responsibility is, to walk in the rest and the peace of God. I need peace in my life. Anybody else? I need rest in my marriage. I need rest in my home. I need rest. I need rest in the church. I need rest. I need to surround myself with restful people. I need rest. Does anybody else can say an amen to that? We need rest. And so Jesus said in Matthew 11... Come to me. There it is. No one else can give it to you. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I and I alone, and everybody said with me, will give you rest. This is how you do this. This is the protocol. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and when you take my yoke upon you, you will find rest for your souls. And we've been talking about that yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that yoke of obedience and responding to the voice of Jesus in our life, that yoke whereby I trust him come what may in my life. I stay put and I put my faith in him. And I don't 
go through life grumbling, murmuring, and complaining about how bad it is because I am in the yoke of Jesus and he is my faithful champion. And so even when bad things happen to me, good, God's going to turn that to the good. And so in everything in my life, I can give God glory and praise and thanksgiving. Can I get an amen right there? And I want to talk about another aspect of that today. It really belongs to our next series, but the Lord really spoke to my heart and told me to minister that today. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. And as Pastor Lisa said, let's pray the Word of God gets in our spirit today. Lord, we come before you. And Lord, we are here today gathering up manna, our daily bread today. We need you to speak to us. I'm thankful thankful that you spoke to us yesterday. You spoke to us last week. But God, today we need a fresh pot of manna, Lord God. We need something to speed our spirit man today. And so we come to you today and we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And all God's people said, amen. I want you to understand that that yoke that Jesus describes to us isn't just listening to his instructions. It isn't just listening for his voice to lead and guide me in life, though that is 100% the fact of that yoke. That yoke means to be united with his person, to be united with Christ, united with the person of Christ. I want you to understand that Christ isn't Jesus' last name. Jesus Christ. Christ is a title. The word Christ means the anointed one, the chosen one, the holy one, the Messiah. Jesus turned to the disciples, who do men say that I am? Some say, some say, some say, but who do you say I am? Peter with the revelation says, thou art The Christ, the Son of the living God, blessed are you, son of Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood had not revealed this to you, but my Father convinced you and told you that I am the Christ. And upon this revelation that I am the Christ, I will build my church as people see that revelation, adhere to, confess me as Lord, they become my children, the children of God, and they become the church. You know, there is no salvation apart from that revelation from heaven by the Spirit of God that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the holy one, the Messiah. Did you know that even demons know that? And yet sometimes as human beings we don't. I can prove it to you in Mark 1. Now, there was a man in their synagogue. I don't want you to miss this phrase. Now, there was a man in their synagogue, the house of God, the holy place, with an unclean spirit. There was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, and my audio Bible says something like this, Let us alone! What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? 
Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One. <laughs> you are the Holy One of God. And we know it. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet, come out of him. It is not my plan that you, unclean spirit, occupy this man's life. Come out of him. I want to cleanse his temple. I want to fill his life with me and my Holy Spirit. Come out of him. You do not belong in this holy place. You're an unclean spirit. What does it mean that we are a Christian anyway? As a Christian, we aren't just trying to follow some list of teachings from a great teacher from a long time ago. We aren't just seeking to follow some standard of righteousness and morality that we believe will do us some good. No, no, and a million times no, that is religion. That's religion. A Christian doesn't have a religion. A Christian has a relationship. To the genuine Christian, Jesus isn't just an historical figure, nor is he just a heavenly figure. To the Christian, he is, well, it's a secret, <laughs> it's a divine mystery. In Colossians 1, we see it. And God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of this Christ are for you, Gentiles. We may not have a Jew in the room, Jewish person in the room. If we don't, we're all G Gentiles here. And this is the secret. Christ <laughs> lives in you. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Why are you expecting to live in the land of the living? Why are you, are you expecting the goodness and the glory of God in your life? Because Christ is in me. I'm yoked to him. Jesus said, he's in me. He said, he said I'm in you and you're in me. I'm in you and you're in me. We are yoked together. We are united together with Christ. When you called upon the Lord, when you got saved, what happened anyway? Well, most of you say, well, I, I was cleansing my sins, and you would be right. You were totally forgiven. You were justified. You were made as if you had never sinned. Justified, never sinned. You were made the righteousness of God. You were bought. You were redeemed. You were bought with a price. You were bought by the blood of Jesus. You were adopted into the family of God. Your name written on the register of the family of God, the Lamb's book of life. Galatians 4, 6 says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, whereby we cry out, Daddy, which is what that means. 
the little Greek children, they didn't say, Father, I scraped my knee. I need you to help me, Father. They said, Abba, I've hurt myself. I need you to help me. It's a term of intimacy. It's a term of intimacy. He's not the man upstairs. He's not the faraway God. The spirit of his son is living inside of me, and it causes me to cry out, Abba, just like Jesus did. Father, you're my daddy. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Why am I an heir? Because of my unity with the Holy One. Why do I inherit what Jesus inherits? Why will I inherit what Jesus inherits? Because I am united with him. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. What does it mean to be a member of the church? Does it mean you occupy a building and you drive up on Sundays and you walk in this place? Church isn't a building. You and I are the church. 1 Corinthians 1, I am writing to God's church. Specifically in Corinth here, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who called on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and our Lord and ours. When I called upon Jesus, he made me holy. I didn't do anything to be made holy. He made me holy, separated unto God, unto himself. And I am and you are the holy people of God. We are the church. Can I get an amen right there? Where are you going, Pastor Kevin? Hang on. Now that I know the Holy One lives in me, and now that I know that I am made holy as well, how should that change the way I act, my behavior? When I leave this building today, how do I conduct myself? When I get in the car and go home, how do I conduct myself Monday morning when I go to work or school or wherever you may be? How do I act around people that I call my friends? How do I behave as my neighbors are watching my life? Does the Bible say anything about the way we act or the way we behave and how important it is? You know, there are some people who say, it's all an automatic, it'll be good. Listen, you're not reading the Bible, I'm reading. <laughs> how do I act? First Peter 1, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Don't let yourself go. When you're getting tempted, don't let yourself go. When you've already gained 10 pounds, don't just keep eating the fudge stripes and let yourself go. 
Don't pop open the bag of Doritos and just let yourself go because I'm tired of the pressure. Now, of course, it's a million times more important than just your appetite for food. It's easy to let yourself go. Very easy. Especially when times are difficult, it's very easy. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. And look at verse 15. But now. Everybody say, but now. Now that you're yoked with the Holy One, now that you are made holy, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just to check, do you think that somehow I'm twisting the scriptures here? They're doing, they're manipulating something in the sound booth. That's not really what the God's Word's saying. Surely it doesn't say that. Does everybody know that's what's in God's Holy Word? But now... You must be holy. That's the title of today's message. You must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy. He is holy. I am made holy. I must remain holy in my life. For the scriptures say, here's my title again, you must be holy because I am holy. I think I've preached Hebrews 12, 14, maybe a thousand times. I don't know. Pursue peace with all people. You know, people in your Bible is italicized. It really says pursue peace with all. And I believe in my own heart that that means my vertical relationships, my vertical relationships, and my horizontal relationships. Make sure that you are staying at peace with God Staying yoked up, come on, staying in sync with him and staying at peace with as many people as will let you live in peace with them, especially in the sheep, pursue peace. It's not an automatic, you got to fight through it. Every now and then your husband's going to act like a fool. Every now and then, I saw that. Every now and then your wife's going to act a little crazy. Every now and then your kids are going to act a little crazy. Your parents are going to act a little crazy. Every now and then your church friends are going to act a little crazy. You're going to act a little crazy. We're all going to act a little crazy. And it's easy just to go, well, you know, I can't do this. No, 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 no. You pursue peace. Because without it, God doesn't command the blessing life forevermore. It's beautiful when we walk in peace. When we got to walk through, we got to forgive, we got to love, we got to confront, we got to communicate, we got to do everything we have to do to pursue peace and holiness. And I remember when I'm, I'm 25 years old preaching this to my congregation way back in the day, not this church, little Baptist church, without which. Come on, get this in your spirit. Without which. No one. Well, you know, it looks like it's working out for them. Listen, no one will see the Lord without a heartfelt, wholehearted pursuit of peace and, and you say the word. It's not a curse word. It's not a legalistic word. 
It is a Holy Spirit word. Pursue peace and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And so the reason I'm bringing this in to this series in the month of rest is because last week, I don't want you to get out of balance. I don't want you to think that you can just shout enough, yell it, devils and you can praise God with passionate worship you can sing songs and do all you can jump up and down take your shoes off in the presence of God do all that you want to do and we need to but it ain't enough it's not enough I can praise God and yet allow evil things in my life to the point where God cannot connect with me like he wants to and, and, and it hinders the goodness of the Lord that he so much desires to bring into my life. This is not religion. It's about a relationship. You look back at the people of God in the Old Testament, and they were, they had no fear of God. And they weren't obeying God. And the Bible says... There was no king, there was no authority, so every man did what was right in his own eyes. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. When you want to do and you choose to do what's right in your own eyes, God won't place any authority over your life. He'll let you do what you want to do. And it said there was no widespread revelation. The word of God was rare in those days. Listen, when you don't want God to speak to you, guess what? He won't speak to you. He won't cast pearls that you're going to stomp under your feet. So this is the condition of these people in the, at this time. And the Philistines are warring against them. They go to battle against the Philistines and 4,000 people are killed in this battle. And I want you to read in 1 Samuel 4, after the battle was over, after they got a royal whooping, after their marriage failed, after their kids went crazy, after they lost their job, after, and I'm just, just feeling the blank, bad things happen in your life that weren't God's will. They didn't get it. After the battle was over, the troops retreated, retreated to the camp, and the elders of the Israel asked, why did the Lord, it's your fault, God, allow us to be defeated by the Philistines Lord, you gave us great promises. You told us, you told Joshua that no man would ever be able to stand before you, that everywhere you go, everywhere you put your foot down, it's going to be conquered, victorious ground. What happened, Lord? You fall asleep on the throne. What's going on up there, Lord? Why are you so disconnected from my life? What's happening? Why did the Lord allow us to be defeated by the Philistines? Then they got a bright idea. Hey, we got to stir up some praise. We got to turn on some praise music. We got to start dancing in the presence of the Lord. We got to start praying and going through, you know, how we do. And jumping through our religious hoops to try to get God. And it reminds me of the prophets of Baal. When they were crying out till noon and cutting themselves so the blood was gushing out, trying to get God's attention, but no one answered, and the Bible says no one paid attention. God isn't interested in your spiritual gymnastics. He's interested in your heart. So they got the bright idea. Then they said, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh. Remember how it parted waters? Remember how walls fell down? 
The New King James says it best. Let us fetch the ark. Like a discarded tennis ball with slobber all over it that the dog was playing with. Hey, now we want that. Now we need that. Go get it, somebody. And they fetched it. So they sent men. And it will save us from our enemies. We'll carry it into battle. It'll save us from our enemies. So they sent men to Shiloh to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord of heaven's armies who is enthroned between the cherub and the glory. The presence of God is going to come. Sure, he's going to show up. And the Holy Spirit interjects so that we don't get confused so as to what happened here. Right in the middle of this, it says, Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, were also there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. Those of you who know the story, those of you who know your Bible, you're going, uh-oh. When all the Israelites saw the ark of the covenant of the Lord coming into the camp, their shout of joy was so loud that it shook the very ground that they were standing on. I'm telling you, they had some high praise going on in the camp. And it would have worked. Maybe they could have repented. There's a problem. There's Hophni and Phinehas. By the Ark of the Covenant. Who was Eli? Who was Hophni and Phinehas? Eli was Hophni and Phinehas' daddy. And Eli was in charge of, he was a high priest in charge of the holy place where the Shekinah glory of God dwelt. But Eli failed to restrain his unholy sons who were doing unholy things in the holy place where the holy presence of God was to dwell. But now they got the ark. What happened? First Samuel 4, 10, So the Philistines fought desperately, and Israel was defeated again. We didn't praise enough. We didn't shout enough. No, you weren't pure enough. And that matters. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. The slaughter was great. 30,000 Israelite soldiers died that day. Not 4,000, but 30,000 died that day. The survivors turned and fled to their tents. The ark of God was captured. The presence of God was no more. Phineas' daughter has the baby, names it Ichabod, for the glory of God has departed. And Hophni and Phineas, the two sons of Eli, were killed. You must be holy, for I am holy. I want you to hear this phrase, and you're going to see it in my notes. You can study it Tuesday morning. Listen very carefully, people of God. There is no rest for those who will not restrain. There is no rest... For those who will not restrain. There is no rest for those who will not restrain and remove from their midst evil. Whether it be in their heart, whether it be in their relationships, whether it be in their entertainment, whatever they're doing in life. There's no rest for those who will not restrain and remove 
the land of the living. I requested that song. I love that song. The land of the living, goodness of God. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I love it. Way of the Lord. And it's true. Every bit of it's true. But sometimes, can I tell you, sometimes the Lord's waiting on you to get some things cleared out of your life. And that you understand the necessity of praying every day and living out through your actions what Jesus said to pray every day. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Get evil out of my life. Don't let me succumb to temptation of evil in my life. They were going to the good land. God had a plan. And once they crossed over Jordan, God said, you know what? You got a job to do. There's a lot of evil people in this land. And I don't want you to occupy side by side, shoulder to shoulder. You'll learn the ways of their gods. You'll learn their evil ways. I won't be able to receive you. It ain't going to be a good thing. And you need to drive them all out. Numbers 33, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes. Have you ever had something in your eye that you cannot get out? I want to tell you, I have felt like I was going stark raving crazy before. Oh, baby, help me. We got to go. I can't take it. I'm going nuts. You ever had something that deep in your eye? You're not a real man, see? It is miserable. It is everything but restful. They shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. You're going to want to live in God's goodness, but if you don't drive out, they're going to harass you all the time, every day of your life. And then there's something more serious. Moreover, it shall be that I will do to you as I thought to do to them. I'm going to remove you from my presence like I was going to remove them from my presence. Listen very carefully. It is our responsibility to remove evil from our lives. Let me say it again. It is our responsibility to remove evil from our lives. The disciples came back. Oh, even the demons are subject to us in your name, Lord. They were shocked. They were surprised. They were elated. And Jesus responds, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I want you to understand serpents, he's not talking about creatures that slither in the dust. He's not talking about scorpions. He's talking about demonic powers, demonic influence that still kill and destroy God did just remove the occupants in that land that needed removing. And Jesus did not just pray a prayer, snap his finger, and all the demons flee from the villages and the towns where these disciples went. He said, I give you authority. You got to trample. 
you got to take authority over evil in your life and the lives of others that I've called you to minister to. One of my favorite pictures, I got it when I was a young man. I never forgot it, and I pray it's in your mind as well. When Cain was filled with jealousy and hated his brother Abel, and he was discouraged and depressed and filled with bitterness, and God said, if you would have done good, if you do good, you will be accepted too. But if not, behold, sin is crouching at your door, and its desire is for you. Come on, somebody. But you, somebody say you, but you must rule over it. It's your job. And he didn't rule over that bitterness, envy, hatred, that was taking a hold of his heart, and the enemy came in, and he killed his brother. Did God kill Abel? Was it God's fault that Abel died? No, it was because of one man who did not understand their responsibility to remove and restrain evil in their heart. God gives you and I that responsibility. It's desires for you. It's desires for you. I think it's a revelation for a lot of people sitting in church today to understand this. We don't think about it. We go about our business. We go about our lives. We go to church. We do our thing, and we don't understand. First Peter 5, 8, be sober. Wake up. Be alert. Be vigilant. Keep your eyes wide open. Walk circumspectly through life because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking. Everybody say seeking. Say it loud, seeking. What's the devil doing? He's seeking. He is seeking me out. His desire is for me. He is seeking me and trying to devour me. He is seeking you and trying to devour you. I don't see God or the devil nowhere in my life. Let's keep reading. Resist him. Resist him. Who is the understood subject there? Me, you, us. Resist him. Stay in the yoke. Steadfast in the faith. No. That he that is within me is greater than he's in the world. If I, get, if I leave the yoke, I get devoured. If I stay in the yoke, Jesus kicks him in the head. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. That's why I know. Listen to me. If you're a sheep here today, let me tell you who's seeking you, Satan. Well, no, no, no. That's, I, I, Satan's not moving in my life. You're deceived. He is outside of your house, outside of your temple, outside of the door of your house, your heart, and his desires for you. And if you don't rule over it, He's going to come in, he's going to steal, kill, and destroy, and it ain't going to be pretty. I've seen it too many times in my life, in my ministry. Listen to me, what is Satan? Who is Satan? What's going on? How do I know? How do I discern? What do I do? It's not hard. Listen very carefully. Anything that steals, kills, destroys, 
degrades, divides, disturbs, depresses, discourages, dismays, deceives, dishonors, discredits. Anything that involves darkness and death is always Satan. 100% of the time. It is never the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what we talked about last week. Those things that are true, just, pure, lovely, of a good report and are praiseworthy. Meditate on these things. These are the things that have no law against them. These are the things that I'm called to meditate on, to give my mind to, and to give my life to anything else. If it's not light, it doesn't belong in my life. Can I get a witness in the house? Everything else, I don't care who it is, I don't care what it is, I don't care what it pretends to be, if there's anything that involves darkness and death, it becomes my responsibility and your responsibility to resist, to rebuke, to renounce, to remove it from our lives or to remove my life from it. You're not going to hear this preached a whole lot. But I can tell you right now, what I'm telling you today is a word you have to have. If you're going to succeed, your marriage is going to succeed, your family is going to succeed, you got to have it. I used to have a t-shirt back in the day, you know, you go to a Christian bookstore and all these, you know, caricatures of biblical people and Samson. I had a Samson shirt and Philippians 4, 19, I can do all things, or 13, 13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. And there was Samson, you know... I'm at the place in my life, I don't think I want Samson on my shirt anymore. And when I read his story a little bit, I kind of bummed me out. <laughs> Samson, Samson, you know, God called him to be a deliverer. God had a plan for his life. And we read these phrases in the Word of God. And the Spirit of the Lord began to come upon Samson several times. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Let me tell you what Samson did. Samson was a, he was a Nazarite. He took a Nazarite vow. He wasn't supposed to cut his hair. He wasn't supposed to drink anything on the vine. And he wasn't supposed to touch anything dead in his life. But he played around with it. Played around with it in his life. Oh, it's no big deal. And he took for granted that the Holy Spirit was coming upon him. He took for granted that the Holy Spirit was coming upon him. He didn't understand that the Holy One was abiding with him, and therefore he too must be holy. Man, he's fornicating, acting like a fool. One day he goes and he sees the carcass of a lion dead on the road, and there was a honeycomb where some bees had occupy the carcass of that animal and it looked so good it looked so refreshing so he went over there and he touched the unclean so that he could taste that which was sweet and desirable in his life let me tell you something young people satan's always going to put some honey in the death let me tell you adult he's always going to put some honey in the death and you think you're going after the honey, but he's, he's deceiving your heart. He's trying to get you to touch the unclean thing. Because when you touch the death, the Holy One, come on, 
you get out of sync with the Holy One. It's a sad story. It's like, it's a bit confusing to be honest with you. If you never read the story, he'll do something sinful and wrong. And yet the next chapter, he's anointed again in the spirit of God. Listen to me. Walking with God isn't like a cliff that you make one step, a false move, and you plunge to your death. God's gracious, and God is merciful, and God is trying to get your attention, and God will keep the blessing of God in your life. But listen, if you're headed down the wrong road, and you've got some unclean stuff that you're touching at some point, this is what's going to happen. Delilah, Judges 16, Delilah lulled Samson to sleep. Delilah, beautiful Delilah, I just want to be with Delilah, Delilah seems to love me so much, Delilah, my life is now complete with Delilah, but Delilah was an instrument in the hands of the devil. And Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap, and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. He finally gave his strength away. And I'm going to tell you how stupid can you be, Samson? What's the secret of your strength? Well, if you bind me with this, that's... Samson, the Philistines are on you. Pull me and break them apart. Hello, Delilah doesn't love me. She's trying to destroy me. What's the secret of your strength? Oh, if you bind me with this, then... If you weave my hair in the look, if you, then, say to the Philistines, pull me, he break it apart. Idiot. What are you doing? I'm going to tell you something. When Satan gets a hold of you and pulling you in a direction, you'll become real stupid. Can I get a witness in the house? In this way, she began to bring him down. And his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he, and the King James says, he wist not. He didn't realize that the Lord had left him. played around with evil and I thought I was just going to be okay I thought I was going to do just like I used to do I used to get away with that and now all of a sudden God goes I'm holy you're in relationship with me I can't I can't keep this thing you can debate theologically losing salvation or whatever you want to do but the bottom line a holy God will not come upon unholy things just won't. I can't. When I'm walking in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all of my sins. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all. What if I, what if I walk in darkness? What if I choose darkness in my life? God's love going after you. Jonah! 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 Storm! Jonah! Jonah! Jonah, come back! Jonah! You're fleeing from my presence. Come back, Jonah. You're supposed to be yoked with me, Jonah. Great fish, Jonah. 
Weeds wrapped around your head, Jonah. Thank God Jonah responded. But I want to tell you, Jonah can't do what Jonah wants to do, and God just let him go and have a restful, peaceful life. Let me tell you why so many people are unrest today, because they're trying to worship a holy God while they're clinging to unholy things in their life. It don't work. It don't work. All of a sudden, Satan punches his eyes out, and he's working for the enemy, going around in circle, grinding for the enemy. I have seen a many of blind people going in circles in their life who've departed from God's purpose and plan for their life. Here's the grace. His hair grew back. His heart got clear. You know, he's tied to the columns in the temple and he pulls it down upon himself. And more Philistines died at his death and his life. But I want to tell you, that wasn't God's will. Come on, somebody. I wouldn't wear that T-shirt anymore. That wasn't God's will for his life. Look at me. I'm honoring somebody who, who, who allowed Satan to take him out. <laughs> no. I'm going to quickly read two passages for you today. They're going to be in the notes. I'm going to read them very quickly. I'm not going to preach much on them. But I want to tell you these two passages. I'm saying this to everybody in the room today. All of you young people who just went through that wonderful youth weekend. Everybody needs to know these passages. Know where they're at. Be able to turn to them and know what they're saying. And believe what they're saying. Because God's word is true. Amen. First from 2 Corinthians 6. Do not be unequally yoked. With unbelievers. Why? Because you're a believer, you're yoked to Jesus. And I can't be yoked to you and yoked to him. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's not just marriage, by the way, as well. Friendship. Letting them be an influence in your life. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial or demons? Or what part is a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living, holy God. As God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Is this Old Testament theology or New Testament Let me ask that question again. Is this Old Testament theology or New Testament theology? This is New Testament theology. This is the the, the covenant that we are in. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I will come close. I will do father stuff in your life. I'll take your fears. I'll fight for you. I'll be your reward. I'll be your shield. I'll be your strength. I'll be your provider. I will be a father to you and do father things to you. But listen to me. You've got a responsibility to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. 
Don't forget to read 7-1, the next chapter. Therefore, I don't know why they did the chapter break here. Therefore, having these promises, beloved. How many of you saved in the house? Raise your hand real quick. I'm saved in the house. You are the beloved. He's talking to us right here. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. My God, are you getting this? Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting what? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Real quickly, Ephesians chapter 5. See, I know where it's at. I know what it says. And I believe it too. Ephesians 5. Therefore be imitated of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us, giving himself for us and offering in the sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And I want to tell you, listen to me, Jesus laid down his life for me. And listen, he's called me to love. Just like he loved, I give my love. I give my love just like God gave me his love and God is love. And we are loved. And if we don't love, we don't know God for God is love. But today we are, it's the language of the lawless, and we can do what we want to do. And I've seen, I've seen with my own eyes, you know, homosexual men holding hands, walking through the public. And one of them shirt said, I saw it several times, love means love. Love means love. Well, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. And I don't hate you at all. I hate your sin, but I don't, I don't hate you. I love you. And what you're saying is you people go around saying you love. Well, you know what? Love me too. Love means love. Loving people and loving God does not excuse me from my responsibility for telling people the truth of what God does not like. And what God is going to get, God's going to, and you're going to get yourself judged by God or a nation judged. Is that clear? Is that clear? Love means love. Yeah, love means love. Let's speak the truth in love to your neighbor. Speak it. Help them. Tell them the truth. This society isn't supposed to do, you know, every man does what's right in his own eyes. We're supposed to be one nation under one nation under, and we say, God, what do you like? Because we want to do what you like. That's the fear of the Lord. And I'm going to cleanse myself from anything that you don't like. Can I get a witness in the house today? But fornication, which is sexual immorality, it's running rampant in our nation today, from pornography to homosexuality to whatever else is going on out there, and all uncleanness or covetous, that's living your life, trying to find fulfillment in things rather in the world rather than in God. It's, an, it's, it's idolatry. God can bless you. But you're not in the pursuit of things. Let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. The NLT says such sins have no place among God's people. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. If you don't know what else to say, just give God thanks. If you're in a congregation, a conversation, and, and, and there's a law, just say praise God. God is good, ain't he? Start talking about God's goodness. Don't tell a bad joke. And don't listen to one. Talk about God's goodness. Can I get a witness in the house? 
For this you know, this is what I know, learn it more and more that no fornicator, no unclean person, nor covetous man who is in a dollar, out of here has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. And boy, have they tried in my life. For because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. He says the same thing in Colossians 3. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. The NLT says don't participate in the things these people do. The Amplified says so do not associate or be sharers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness righteousness and truth finding out what is acceptable to the lord how many of you know you need to know this passage you need to meditate on this passage finding out what is acceptable. i am yoked to you jesus now is this okay is it okay for me to watch it you put yourself on the law no i'm not i'm yoked to holiness do you like when i when i said that did, did that bother you I'm not living trying to re receive grace and trying to be acceptable. I'm, I'm accepted already. I'm in the beloved. I'm adopted. But now that I'm adopted, I do what I'm supposed to do as an adopted child of God. And I want to find out, Lord, is this acceptable to you? Amen. For you once darkness, now you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of the Spirit, goodness, righteousness, truth. Finding out what's acceptable. And have what? I want you to read it with me. And have. We're going to stay put until everybody says it. And have. Okay, that was 75%. Let's do it one more time. And have. No. Fellowship. With the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather expose them. That's the devil. That's the devil. I love you, but listen to me. That is the enemy. You know, this is not popular teaching. This is not popular when somebody's yielding the darkness. And maybe I've never done this, but maybe you have to pull up Jesus Peter moment. <laughs> when Peter, because of his pride, where does pride come from? The Holy Spirit or the devil? He's full of pride. I got this. I know what I'm doing. I'm a strong fisherman. Listen to me. I can, I can do this. <laughs> I know what you need to do. I got the plan. You don't need to go up and die on that cross. We're going to protect you, Jesus, from the Roman soldiers and the Jews. Jesus didn't say, Peter, 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 Peter. Let's think about this a minute. Let's just talk a minute. You don't reason with the devil. You resist. You rebuke. You renounce. And you watch what Jesus did. Did Jesus love Peter? Listen, did Jesus love Peter? Did Peter love Jesus? Let me ask that again because that's very important. Did Jesus love Peter? Yes. Did he have a plan for him? Yes. Did Peter love Jesus? Yes, you know all things. You know I love you, Lord. Get thee behind me, Satan. 
Woo! I wasn't ready for that. You are an offense to me. You are blocking where God is trying to take me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men, and the things of men is where Satan dwells. What you're thinking on and what you're saying out of your mouth is not the Holy Spirit, it's the devil, and I'm going to renounce that right now. Again, I've never said, get thee behind me, Lisa. And she's never said, get thee behind me, Kevin. And I never looked at somebody and said, get thee behind me, whoever. But I'm going to tell you, we talk like that in our family. I said, I said, guys, we've been on vacation. I said, let me tell you what demons right now are speaking through you right now. The way you're acting right, demons are doing this, trying to rob our peace right now. And we're going to confront it right now. We're going to repent, and we're going to say, Jesus, help us right now. And we have had, had in our marriages just to confront one another and say, no, we're not thinking right. There's fear. There's this. There's that. This is not the Holy Spirit. It's crying. Listen, there's discouragement. There's depression. There's degradation. There's, I'm trying to think of all the D words I had. I can't remember them. But we've got to get the Holy Ghost moving right now. We've got to get yoked back up. We've got to get Satan out of our uh, thinking, Satan out of our communication, Satan out of this house. This house belongs to Jesus. This house belongs to Jesus. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. We belong to Jesus. We want to do what Jesus says, and you have no part or portion in this matter. And let me tell you what the result is. Rest. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't restrain and you don't remove, there is no rest for you. Satan will beat your brains out. How many of you know I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth? He'll beat your brains out. He's like a bully. He'll beat, you, beat on you. And you know, so, even a bully, you know, at some point, blood, you know, my eyeball's falling out my socket and my nose is crooked and my teeth are knocked out. Even a bully at some point will let, just, just stop. Satan don't. There's no aspect of mercy and grace in Satan. And the only reason he doesn't destroy you immediately is because God's got a plan for your life. He's trying to get your attention. Amen. We'll talk to the young people just a minute in our closing. This life's rough sometimes. I'm, I'm honest with you. Pastor's going to tell you the truth. And I want to tell you, this church can only do so much for you. Mom, Dad, listen to me very carefully. This church can only do so much for your young person. Justin Barksdale, I put him the top of the list of every youth pastor I've ever known in my entire life. And I'm not trying to build you up. I'm just telling you. Him and Sam, Sam are the real deal. And I'd let him preach to my kids anytime. But I'm telling you, Justin's not going to keep your kids safe and protected. Church can't do it. I don't care, listen to me, if we have two hours a week for them, four hours a week for them, six hours a week, eight hours, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, I've been around this thing a long time in my life. I want to tell you two things, young person, two things, parent of a teenager today. There's two things you've got to war for. Number one, You've got to war for their conversion. You've got to war for their conversion. 
And that means a genuine born-again experience in their life. Not religion, not coming to church, but born again, born of the Spirit, genuinely converted to Christ. Because no matter what you do, no matter how you follow them, no matter what we do as a church, no matter what we do, if they're not converted, there's nothing we can do to help them. They've got to have a Joseph spirit about them. And I know there's a lot of nasty things, family things, family failures, pains, hurts, rejections, abuse. We can go on and on and on. Sometimes I get mortified at some of the stories that I hear that people are going through, young people are going through. Joseph is hated by his brothers. God gave him a dream. God gave him a dream. God gave him a dream. God filled his life with a dream. His brothers hate him. You know the story. Put him in the pit. We're going to kill him. Somebody said, hey, there's some Ishmaelite traders. Let's sell him to him. He's sold. He's brought to Egypt and sold as a slave. I'm going to tell you, if there's any young person that would have said, you know what, what, what's the use? Let me go. Let me cast off restraint. Let me, just, let me just eat my Doritos and be done with it. You know, he's sold to Potiphar. He's ser- serving Potiphar's household. The wife. You know the story. I want to read to you. How then... Can I do this wickedness and sin against God? So it was that she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went to the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were inside. Nobody was watching. Nobody's there. Dad's not there. My brothers are not there. Nobody's around. That she called him by his garment and said, lie with me. But he left, he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. That's, a, that's amazing to me. Why? Nobody loves you, Joseph. God's plan for your life. I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. There's not enough you can do for a young person. There's not enough you can do for a young person if they don't have a God dream in their heart. To go, you know what? I belong to Jesus. That is not Jesus. And if I can't remove it from me, I remove me from it. And I'm going to flee from that in my life. If they don't have that dream, let me tell you something. You can browbeat them, parents. You can browbeat them as a youth pastor. You can browbeat them as a pastor. You can do anything they want. But I'm going to tell you, as soon as they just, whew, there they go. I counted five youth ministries, blowing, going youth ministries that I knew well, knew of very well that just fell apart at the seams. It just, the whole thing just collapsed. Hundreds, maybe thousands, dozens. Sometimes the ministry just shut down. Thousands, hundreds. Josh Caleb, look, go check it out. See what's going on. We had more youth than they had. What happened? Oh, youth camps, youth conferences, youth. I've done it. I preached them. I know. We try to make it grand and big and exciting and all these things. And boy, I tell you what, when the, when the, when the, when the thing starts going, everybody jumps on because that's what young people do. I started out at youth ministry. I want to tell you, listen to me. I, I did everything I knew to do just for them kids. I brought them to Astro World. Bought a van. I said, guys, listen, we gotta have, we're going to get these kids reached for Jesus. we got to get us a, a passenger van. Got me a chauffeur's license. 
I picked him up, or Pastor Lisa picked him up later when I was pastoring, and I had the youth pastor, and she picked him up. 15 kids, and then sometimes a second run to get kids and kids and kids and kids. I'm 20, and she's 18. I'm bringing them to Astro World in a van. How many of you parents will let a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old bring? I'd be like, what's the hesitation? Why, why would you not trust us? They spent the night by my house countless times. We'd get up and watch Gospel Bill. Anybody ever watch Gospel Bill? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Willie George, right? My kids know who Gospel Bill is. Gospel Bill! The country boy talk like this. When I get out of this service, I'm going to beat you. Lord have mercy. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm talking to y'all right there. We get and watch Gospel Bill. I can't cook. Lisa can't cook. We cook them eggs and bacon biscuits. We took them everywhere and did everything with them. I went down to, you know, on Friday evenings and Saturdays and I played ball with them, got my shirt all tore up playing football and let them tackle me and all those things. Ain't none of them in church today. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to entertain a kid to Jesus. Because when all the entertainment's over, you're going to realize there ain't nothing there. What I didn't do, I preached the gospel to them. I didn't war for their conversion. I didn't go, is Jane, is she saved? Is, is Tommy, is he really saved? Ironically, I saw Tommy sitting in the truck a couple days ago. I said, look at Tommy sitting in that truck. He helped serve the Lord in his life. Mom, Dad, you better war for their conversion. Secondly, you better war for their covering. Let me tell you something. Listen to me very carefully. We got them an hour or two. I got you an hour or two a week. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't leave this church and if you don't war for your covering all week long, you'll come back in here next week and you'll be backslidden as you are right now. If you don't keep evil out of your life, Keep your evil out of your conversation. Keep evil out of your eyes. Keep evil out of your ears. I'm not talking going around, going around holier than thou. Please, I don't have time to preach much on this. I'm going to tell you, you better, you better get, learn how to get evil out of your life. Can I get a witness? Listen, Justin ain't going to preach to those kids an hour or two. I don't care if it was 10 hours. And they're spending 30 hours on media. 30 hours of just filling their life, filling their heart that ain't Holy Ghost stuff. I can't wash your brain that easily. Can I get a witness? Now, I can live you and you can live with me. We can talk about it all day long. But I'm telling you, Mom and Daddy, this is your job. It's your job to have this kind of communication like we did all of our life. And we'd say, hey, baby, look, that's, that's, that's got to go. That's not the Lord. That's got to get out of your life. Amen? Let me tell you, none of my kids got saved in church. They can. Sometimes they do. They got saved with conversation with mom and daddy. Asking the questions. Come on, somebody. Daddy, what about? Well, son... Da, 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 da. My kids didn't get sanctified by the church. They got sanctified by mom and daddy 
living life together, engaging in conversation about everything that they were encountering in their life. You see that son right there? That's where we're going if we disobey right there. You see that right there? That this living life. Listen, this church is only a rallying point for believers. That's it. All the overcoming happens in your house, in your home. All the living for Jesus has got to happen when you get in the car and you go home. And all of a sudden, a spirit gets on your wife. Or a spirit gets on your, on your, on your husband. That's what happens most of the time, right? You better learn how to engage that stuff. Getting quiet up in here today. It happens at the water fountain. When that, when that sexy little Delilah... What kind of cologne you got on, Tommy? Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's, it's, oh, my goodness. What's it called? Oh. Adrian ain't ever asked me about my cologne. And I just, I feel something, I feel alive, something. You better watch. Satan's on the loose. That's where church happens, at the water fountain. It happens in the break room. Church happens on the playground when all of a sudden this kid comes up and he starts talking things out of his mouth. And you go, whoop, sorry. What are you, sissy boy? I don't know what they say today. <laughs> Where are you going, sissy boy? Oh, you Jack, don't laugh at him. I don't know what they say. I don't know. And you go, you know what? Jesus' pleasure in my life is more valuable to me than them in their favor toward me. That's where church happens. Can I get a witness in the house? Stand to your feet. Team, come on up. Put up the first John 5 real quick. 18 as they're coming. Verse 4 says this. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, I want to tell you something. Jesus does not exaggerate. The Holy Spirit doesn't exaggerate. And what I believe, what I've come to see over all these years, let me tell you why. I don't, you know, I love kids, these, these certain things, and, and I love the weekend. Praise God. Do it all you want. Do whatever you need to do. It's, it's fine. I love them to hang out. I love them to play, have fun nights. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Great, awesome But if I can get that child born again, he's going to overcome the world. Can I get a witness in the house? If I can just get him converted, he's going to overcome the world. Listen, don't blame nobody. Don't blame people. Don't blame church. Don't blame youth pastors. Don't blame pastors. Don't blame war for their conversion. If you're behind, go back. Sit down. Talk. My kids got saved at six, seven, six, I think it was. I didn't know what to do. Josh, my first one, I said, you know, I sit down. I remember sitting down along the wall with him, and I talked to him. I said, son, son, you know, you know, how theological can you get with a six-year-old? I'm like, um, so what is sin, son? Well, daddy, blah, 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 blah. Do you sin? Oh, yes, daddy, I'm sinning. No, 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 no. He's saying all the right things. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I want to make sure he's converted. I'm preaching in Bethlehem church 
couple, two, three hundred people in the room that day. I said, listen, Daddy's going to be preaching Sunday morning. I was in a band of He's sitting back there, about where Pete's sitting, standing. And I said, listen, if, if the Lord, if you want Jesus in your heart, you, I want you, when Daddy gives the invitation, I want you to walk down that aisle. I want you, when that little skinny six-year-old came walking down that aisle by himself, something turned loose inside of me. I'm telling you, something turned loose inside of me. As I saw my child saying, I want Jesus. When they got eight, when they got 12, when they got 16, I said, let's talk, guys. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Yes, Daddy, he's my Lord. Let's just pray right now and thank you. So you, you, you incubate that. You keep that going in their life. You keep communicating that. If they don't know the Lord, you, you don't browbeat them, but you, you talk and you, have you thought about it? Have you talked about it? Have you, have you, have you, have you been to the have you, have? To this day, my kids, hey guys, come over, I want to sit down with you a minute. Hey guys, listen, and I'm trying to mentor my kids. And it never ends. Until I draw my last breath, it never ends. I want to tell you something. I'm not trying to dishonor my parents, but I've never had a spiritual conversation with my mom and dad in my entire life. Never. Not one time, ever. I am a miracle. I was in neighborhood situations where I watched marijuana being smoked. I watched pornography. I watched, and my mom and dad didn't know where I was at or what I was doing. I had a boy under a fallen tree pull his pants down and wanted to make love under a tree. I could have been in anything. But man, God loves us. And he helps us in those moments. And you run away. You get out of it. You get away from it. When you make the mistake, you repent of it. And you get back to the light. I'm 14 years old, I'm a freshman in high school. Got two, two of my two of the biggest athletes in the, on the football team. We're going, we're driving. I remember the car, I know the color, I know the guys, I know them really well. Da da da, we're going, and we're going to these girls' house because their mom and daddy's gone. And da 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 da, and we're going, and we just, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this. And I say, hey, guys, listen to me. Would y'all please take me home? What? Do you know where we're going? This is the hottest tiger red on the team. Yeah, but something's inside of me saying, I don't want that. I want to do what's right. I wasn't at church when that happened, but I was doing church. Can I get a witness in the house? Don't play with the devil, because guess what? You're going to lose. You're going to lose. How many of you in this building right now would say, I, I didn't finish reading that. Whatever, uh, 18, we know that whatever's born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God is what I want you to see, keeps himself. Keeps himself. And the wicked one what? Come on, somebody. And the wicked one does not touch him. 
We know that we are of God. The whole world lies under the sway of the Either I'm of God or I'm under the sway of the enemy. Listen to me. You, what you're looking at on media, it's either uh, uh, of God or it's under the sway of the enemy. That friend that you're talking to, that neighbor that you're talking to, that person that's influencing your life, either they are of God or they are under the sway of the enemy. And what they're telling you is not, even though it sounds good, and da, 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 it's not the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness in the house? Let's go back to keep yourself. You commentators, you know, well, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us to keep ourselves. And so the, the begotten one is Jesus. He is the first begotten of God. Da, 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 da. Let's go back and look at that verse real quick. Because I'm telling you, we've got to get a hold of this. Verse 18. Whatever is born of God is not sin, but he who has been born of God. We know that whoever has been born of God, me and you, does not sin habitually. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. Let me just tell you something. He's not talking about Jesus there. Does Jesus keep you? We're kept by the power of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Does he keep us? John 7, then he keeps us. I keep him, I keep him, I keep him, I keep him, I keep him. Let me tell you, he can't keep what don't want to be kept. Because if this is Jesus right here, then every brother that's ever sinned, it was Jesus' fault because he didn't keep him. That don't even make sense, does it? I got to keep myself. I've been given the authority. I can pray the enemy away from my life. Can I get a witness in the house? Engage this. Engage this. I want to, I want to, I just want to sing that last song, okay? And um, if you're in this building and you wouldn't say, I'm born of God, how do I do that? Just be willing to give him your whole life. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's the Holy One, and I want to be yoked to Jesus. I don't want the world anymore. I don't want my old friends and what they're doing. I don't want this whole culture that's going on out there. I don't want that darkness in my life. Jesus Christ, I want Him to be my Lord. You don't have to do anything fancy. You don't have to sign a bunch of paperwork. You don't have to just join denominations. Just right now, say, I want, you to, I want you to save me, Lord Jesus. Tell him right now, save me, Lord. I don't want nothing this world has to offer. I've already tried it. I'm empty. I'm broken. I don't want it anymore in my life. Save me right now. Go sign that baptism sheet. If that's where you're at, it means I'm dying to my old life. I don't want that life. I've died with Christ on the cross. And I'm alive to God. The power of his resurrection is giving life to my mortal body. Let Jesus save you today. Let the goodness of the Lord surround you in your life. How many of you say, I, I, I am saved. I know I'm saved. Raise your hand high. When's the last time you just told Jesus, if I had to do it all over again, Jesus, I just love you. I thank you. I'm so thankful that you are in my life and I'm in your life. And I want to rejoice in my salvation today. I am so thankful that you took me through the dark times and valleys, through my mistakes and failures, Jesus. I'm still here and it's all because of you, Jesus. And I'm so thankful that I'm in you and you in me. Won't you tell him right now in your own words, thank you, Jesus. Just like I did my kids. If you're a young person in this room today, Jesus, you are my Lord. 
You are my Lord Jesus. I don't want any darkness in my life. I'm going to expose it. I'm not going to play with it. I'm going to get rid of it. There's a relationship I'm in right now. I need to get out of that relationship. There's some people in my life right now I'm allowing to influence me, bringing me in some bad places. I take authority over that. I don't want that in my life anymore. Do you have a dream? Do you have a vision of God's goodness in your life? No matter what happens, if you get sold into slavery, if you're rejected, if you're hated, if you're made fun of, whatever takes place in your life, it does not matter because there's going to come a day when all of a sudden the light's going to come on and there's your brothers kneeling before you and they're scared of you because you're second in all of Egypt because God has elevated you and glorified and honored and favored you. And you say, don't be angry with yourselves. You didn't bring me here. God brought me here to save your life. I'm so glad I didn't give way to sin. I'm so glad I didn't sleep with Potiphar's wife. I'm so glad I didn't give way to despair in my life or rejection or pain or whatever it is. I'm going to stay connected to Jesus. Amen. Keep evil out of my life. He has made me holy, and I'm going to be holy. Listen to me very carefully. You must be holy. For God is holy. It's not a list. Can't give you a list. But it's something here. Birthed out of relationship. Sometimes I do something, my wife will look at me funny. She didn't like that. Sometimes I look at her a little funny. And when you've been married this long, you know something ain't right relationship and I want to be one and we want to be one so let's get that straight in our lives my prayer is that God's rest would rule and reign in your life my prayer is that when you leave this place everywhere you're at whether it be your car or your house or the building you occupy when you work that you understand that Satan is crouching outside of your door and his desires for you but you do have authority to rule over that make your car a holy ground Make, make your workplace holy ground where you occupy. Love people around you. Win them over to the Lord. Let God cause you to love them and, and, and draw them with gentle cords of love. Serve them. Bless them. Do everything you can to show them the love of God. But don't become them. Can I get an amen right there? Don't become them. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing this song. all my days your goodness I've been held me. in your hand I'm so blessed from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will see of come the on, goodness abide there abide there come on drive out the irritants the harassments in your life Lord. cause all my life 
pray blessing over our young people in the name of Jesus. Keep them, Lord. You have led me through the fire. Change them, Lord. In darkest night, you are close. Oh! 